Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. where we have insightful conversations to awaken consciousness. And today is July 9th, and it, we have our panel archetypal symbols, and it's all about the new Cancer moon, the new moon in Cancer. And our topic is going to be nurturing destiny. It, it really is a time to nurture the process of our own transformation you know, it's leading to our destiny. And in cancer, it's that nurturing quality, which we will discuss, focusing on ourselves as well as others, being our best friend, loving ourselves so that we can in turn love others. So archetypal symbols, we'll learn about that. And I will say that as panelists, we're straddling still a couple of energies, which will become more significant. And one of our panelists, computer is straddling the universe. So she's going to come on audio like, but we'll still identify and give. So, so glad we have all these possibilities, right? Okay. Now we're ready for archetypal symbols. Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even Tarot, Connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, this is your Archetypal Symbols panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances, and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crocodilzi, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist, an essential oil specialist, and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and, and today, today is a gift. gift. And, and that's, that's why it's called 
the present. Well, what fun. We're having a, a roulette chair. What is that? That little thing where you play uh, different chairs, musical chairs. That's it. Musical pictures for those <laughs> <laughs> for those people on podcast. But Liz is here. She's in essence, and that's what's important. Hi, Liz. Hi. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, my computer is, has a mind of its own, but um, I'm getting there. So I'll be joining I, you in the, on there, there soon. Are, I'll be on the phone for a moment. Well, we're glad for that. And I think Justin and I, I know for myself, I can certainly testify that the electronics in the world seem to be really active, whether it's Sedna in Gemini, whether it's Pluto, they can't decide which fence it's on, Aquarius or Capricorn, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so anyway, so hello and thank you. Glad you're here. Hi, Justin. Hey, Hi, Liz and Sue. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Always. It's so great to have this teamwork. Well, here we have the slides. And for folks, you can get a hold of Liz at alightpath.com. And for Justin Crockett Elsie, it's his name, justincrockettelsie.com. And myself, Talk Cosmos. And of course, thank you for subscribing to our newsletter, which we're going to get an e book out soon to help those people that are on the fence to grab it and keep in touch with us and also for the people that get on the youtube station because then it's right there it just reminds you here now's the time let's talk about cancer as we see now this is interesting because liz can't see this but liz we're talking about the element of water so oh, cool yeah Justin, and I suppose I'll keep talking here because I did devise these slides with the help of my buddies, which I'm so glad about. But water does cover all the parts. It's the ocean that surrounds the earth, nourishes the sea life. It's the rain phases that circulate the waters to fresh water for our gardens and rivers. And then, of course, it's the rivers that actually move around Earth, nourishing our life. So powerful. Justin, yes? Yep, yes. yep I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <clears throat> there's the frozen water, the icebergs, the oh. glaciers, and <clears throat> and all the in-between. So. Oh, boy. That's yep. right. And more below than above. That's right. So more about the cancer archetype. When we first started Talk Cosmos, there's some wonderful talks. I'm going to put them on YouTube that that really bring forth. In fact, both Justin and Liz individually are on different talks during that time, along with a whole bunch of other astrologers, because it was about two and a half, three years that we were podcast before YouTube. Now we're both. But the fact is, is that the archetype of cancer is so special. You know, we process our emotional story. Justin, maybe you want to share some. Well, uh, thank you, because I am a Cancer. That's actually my sun sign. <laughs> so, you know, I always say that Cancer, and it's a cardinal <coughs> sign, which you actually have up here on the screen. And it's, so it's a very initiated team. Really the uh, creative, very creative. Uh, we sometimes think of Leo's creative, but, but Cancer's is, is, comes before Leo, and it creates, births that, what is, what is needed. And I always tell that Cancer's are learning about 
uh, healthy, grounded emotions in life. Cancer is about the emotions mm -hmm. of self, whereas we look at Scorpio's emotions and relationship, and of course Pisces is the relation, you know, the emotions of the collective and the subconscious. You know, so Cancer is always learning. We're we're learning to have uh, very grounded, healthy emotions in life. <laughs> it's so valuable because the emotional body, our feelings keeps getting drummed into me is how we manifest things how we feel we might be thinking one story but our emotional story is telling something different right Aha, i think we're getting the real person there's liz <laughs> and i might point out liz is actually a capricorn which is the opposite sign of cancer liz is the is a capricorn the opposite side of cancer so there's a lesson in that the cancers are learning from uh, Capricorns. Well, I will add, as she's getting prepared, the polarity is absolutely true. I keep being taught that they're about time and that the cancer is a processing time of past into present, whereas Capricorn is more essential, like now is the time, what's just to the core? Let's cut the story and just get to the fact. Whoops, we're having a little bit of audio fun. Liz, that was something. <laughs> can you hear us, Liz? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, we were just talking about the cancer archetype, and I pointed out that you're you're I'm a cancer, you're a Capricorn, the opposite, and it's that there's a, the lesson that uh, cancers are learning from Capricorns, and as far as that energy goes, that polarity. Just thought your thoughts on that. Well, and vice versa, that the Capricorn learns from the Cancer also. Yeah. Yeah, it is so true. And also we have our rising signs and moons and progressed moons. I think in all transparency, it might be too much transparency, but my progressed moon is in cancer just starting and Liz's ascendant is in cancer. So we all honestly can say we have a card in this story. But Justin, tell us about the, and I am learning how to say it, Jotis. Jotis, right. Jotis. Jotis. Yeah. Lunar so, mansions. So... Um, in the Vedic system, in the Eastern astrology system, there's what's called, uh, in Jyotish astrology, there's the lunar mansions. We also have them in the Western Western world as well. Um, and this particular nishatra, um, which the lunar mansion for this moon is Punarvasu, uh, nishatra in the fourth pada. There's actually four sections to each each one of the um, nashakras or lunar mansions. And this particular one, um, ruling, de a ruling deity is Aditi, the, the great mother goddess. So this is really indicative of the, you know, the theme that you have for today, the nurturing, the mothering. So Aditi is our, our, de uh, our deity that is watching over us today with this this mm -hmm. new moon in Cancer. And the ruling planet is Jupiter, which brings abundance. And well, I might also point out, because this particular lunar mansion uh, straddles both Gemini and Cancer, and it, the, the fourth body is actually right into Cancer, that Mercury is an important planet for this new moon. As, and as we're going to see a little bit later yeah. with the wonderful uh, 
uh, saving symbols that that Liz put together, there's a really underlying theme of intellectual intellectualization. And so this is an emotional, intellectual or thinking moon. And we see this in the Nishakta supporting the Sabian symbols with this. So keywords being abundance and safety and prosperity with this, this, uh, this new moon. It is fascinating and exciting to realize this prism of metaphysical energies, consciousness, that all focus on the same event. It's like having a parade in a city and everybody attends it, but one person remembers that float and somebody else remembers the band and somebody else has a story with a friend or used to be part of it and on and on. And it's like this new moon. It has, they correlate, they tie together. So I'm very excited not being a student of, of the Jyotish, Vedic, lunar mansion, Nishakras. And I don't know if I put those in the right order, but they all relate. And yet it is very exciting to begin to feel more familiar. It's almost like in the news hearing a story about another part of the world. And at first it's so strange, but after a while you begin to realize, hey, that's making sense because it's getting familiar. And that's a lot of cancer too, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. getting, yeah, feeling comfortable. I mean, well, that might be more Taurus, but being familiar so thank you i'm gonna keep we'll keep those words abundant and we'll see too about jupiter and mercury and that goes along with something intuitively that liz was bringing up so here we are numerology and liz and i straddled which one after talking to you justin i added both because the sun and moon is actually two four but it's right four minutes away from the next sign so if you know, it's like where do you begin adding and subtracting? So two and four add to six, but if it, we round it off, which in Sabians we do, and many, many, many times astrologers do, that's how they refer to a de degree, it's 25. So we have six and seven, and six we had last week, month, because that was Gemini also, but here. For seven, all these wonderful uh, things that Liz came up with that one could find too, but you're both in, yeah. Well, and also the ascendant was at seven degrees in the part of fortune, and there's another Arabic part, but I, it's eluding me at this moment. But <laughs> So the wise, intuitive, spiritual nature of the number seven and um, very intellectual, um, always seeking knowledge, analyzing things. Um, do you guys want to add anything to that? Well, the seven days of the week, the colors of the rainbow, the visible planets, and I added the chakras. We have seven chakras. If we're talking mysticism, we can't be all tables and chairs. We've got to be a little bit of like, why do you have a table and chair? <laughs> well, and, and I like how... You know, again, we're we're really looking at this sort of Jupiter-Mercury energy here, you know, and Mercury being a part of this emotions, which were, you know, uh, Liz used the word uh, intellect or intellectual. And and seven is the number out of time. There's, you know, it's it's the number of the mystic. And it's it's very it wants to know. It's very it's a, a Gemini 
cancerian energy it wants to know it wants to learn and there's a strong emotion tied with both of these numbers you know so this is exciting so going to the tarot cards i added both gemini the lovers two plus six and cancer seven the chariot two plus five they're distinctly different but like the crab i realized of the zodiac cancer sign the crab i remember rick levine always tells that it's an analogy that perhaps is well said but it sticks in my brain that a crab lives in the changing ebbing tide the waters flushing in and flushing out like the cycle of our emotions like the phases of the moon that's how i relate it so this was really another powerful punchline to go hey let's do both and or and both rather than either or which is increasingly the message of the universe so six as last time the gemini it's two the twins two paths crossroads choice relationships which again segues into many factors that is are coming up uh, right so and the crabs seven. like are on the bottom of the ocean scavenging waste so to speak <laughs> yeah and recycle right and can't and crabs actually live many times on the edge that's why mm -hmm. you always see them on the beach so not only do they breathe there but they you know they they are also as you pointed in the ocean so they're they straddle both land and water as far as an animal goes oh that is so great well seven for the chariot there's so much to see in these pictures at least the weight pictures which have come down and often i put in some alternative one but for this is so full of analogies and metaphors which we won't get all into but they have the two sphinx of of varying colors which have a lot to do with internal and external when you read about the black and the white and also as far as the the receptive and and assertive often related to as feminine or masculine but we're re-identifying all these energy consciousness but nevertheless it's where this one person of course you two know this so well but it's taking going forward but it's not an easy chore imagine having two sphinxes that you're going forth on but through the conflicts you're brave and you have willpower and you do it that's pretty exciting yes yes and and it's a lot about balance you know the yin and the yang and and all that balance there mm -hmm. yeah. well that's relationship too mm -hmm. i just love this it's like one feeds and reflects right yep. yes yeah so i also i know this is going to take more time from our part but we'll keep leading on the sphinxes i saw this now one you know male female as i had said it's that yin and the yang as you've said liz and the assertive and receptive parts of our nature but there was a riddle i from what i understand if this is correct that was asked and the answer was that they were above all things triumph in the mind that goes back to the idea of the communication and and jupiterian emphasis that you're suggesting or putting forth with the jodish it could be i mean i'm thinking thoughts and concepts right but the question was what is a creature with one voice 
with four feet in the morning, two feet in the afternoon, and three at night, realizing this is all symbolic. And the answer is humans, who crawls on the fours as a baby, walks on two feet as an adult, and needs a walking cane when old. And I'm thinking, well, I guess we need some help. And that's where relationships come in. So let's talk Sabians, shall we? Sure. Yep. Okay. They were created first in 1925 by a clairvoyant, Elsie Wheeler, and astrologer Mark Edmund Jones. There's one for every single degree. So looking at this chart, Eastern chart, which is at 2.32 p.m. on the 17th of June, and I want to say two hours, less than two hours, like an hour and a half later, the nodes are going to change. But that's next week with Kay Taylor, the OPA president, is going to talk about that. So here we have, at this moment, for the, for the nation, a Scorpio ascendant, seven degrees and seven seconds. Talk about that seven. Seven, seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's on 17 July. 17 July. Oh, 17 July. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the seventh month. So, oh. I mean, you're getting some more sevens there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, what is it's really interesting how things... Uh, mesh and correlate to each other and the chariot being the seventh trump or the seventh card you know is the cancer card so it's like really cool how all these intertwine in my opinion yeah absolutely it's like a mosaic that keeps getting extra pieces that really just are part of the whole well like the elephant the tail and the you know all the parts okay so with sabians they go Earlier, there's a cycle. It's like, where did it come from? What is it actually existing? And then where is it going? And so it's it's a legacy of, of several. So here we have three. I'll start off. Scorpio 6, it's a gold rush. Tears men away from their soil, their native soil. It's a passionate search for new values and promising more. And the key word is avidity. It's a feeling of enthusiasm, willingness, and eagerness. That's a Toastmaster word for sure, avidity. That's a new <laughs> one for me. So, Absolutely. And just to remind the audience that we do the degree before, the degree of, and the degree after. So it's kind of like the past, present, and future, so to speak, or Good what's coming in the it. now and what yep. we're headed to. So now, um, uh, Scorpio 7, Deep Sea Divers. Um, the will to explore the hidden depths of all experiences and search for primordial causes. And the keyword is depth realizations, roots of consciousness. So deep mm. diving into our inner selves, so to speak. Wow. And then and then the Scorpio eight degrees is a calm lake bathed in moonlight. And the keynote is a quiet openness to a higher inspiration keyword being uh, uh, coincidence in activity or dormancy. Fascinating. So where we're activating ourselves out into our life every day, the ascendant, that eastern point where the horizon met our the moment, it's like it's, it's still it's, if I just look at this, it's like an enthusiastic search of new values for abundancy. There goes the Jupiter. But 
Scorpio still is like we're digging deep and the nodes at this moment are still at the very last degree of Scorpio, zero degrees Scorpio. And but yet it's peaceful. It's, it's like maybe holding our internal sense that we can understand. Right. Because I think, Justin, you were mentioning how anything's of meaning, psychicness needs that that calm, that that stillness to perceive. Right. Okay. Well, in all three of them together, it's <laughs> like there's like a carrot dangled in front of you of like, here's this opportunity, but wait, dig deep within yourself or like investigate to see if it's really true and maybe wait overnight because during the evening time when it's the moon's out or the it's dark, it, it could change the whole perspective. Yeah. And, and uh, Liz, you, I mean, not Liz, but uh, Sue, you pointed out the, the nodes, you know, that is actually something going on in the background. It's, it's about ready to change, you know, we're having one door close and another open. And it's interesting that Zero Degree Scorpio is all about going beyond um, and, and, and needing to just take it all in and going beyond when, with experience in life. Yep, it's like, wait and see, here we go. So there is our chart. Oh, here's the next one. This is the Midheaven MC. Did I miss one? Let me see here for a sec. Sorry about that. No, that was the Ascendant. Okay, it's always a matter of which, because we don't have them on the same slide. Yes, so we have the Midheaven. That's how we're... Anyway, that is 13 Leo, and there is Mercury right smack dab next to it. Let's see what that one is. Again, before, during, and after. But this time, we're going to go even further back because Mercury is right there at the midheaven. One degree. So 11 Leo, children play on a swing hanging from branches of a huge oak tree, and it's the power of tradition, you know, that swinging chair. And it's sheltering the beginnings of self-expression. But it's spontaneous and activity of innocent mind. So let's do 12, Liz. Okay. An evening party of adults on a lawn illumined by fancy lanterns. Group relaxation is fashionable surroundings as an escape for, from the work routine. Sophistication. And Justin? Yeah, and the 13 is an old sea captain rocking himself on the porch of his cottage. And the key note here is the quieted mind's recollection of crisis and joys long past. And the keyword is quiet recollection. So the next, now, you know, it was 13. So in a sense, we're going onward here. Because 14 and 15 is all sun. You know, these are in Leo. It's sun, even though the moon is in cancer but it's the sun and the moon together so it's really another kind of signature pumping forward it says a human soul seeking opportunities for outward manifestation that's so much and it's right near that middle point of of the 30 degrees so it is really seeking to get that full moon experience at 15 you could say and it's yearning for self-actualization and the 15 justin if you want to or liz go ahead go ahead liz a pageant with its spectacular floats moves along a street crowded with cheering people. The more 
or less sensational release of energies in a form dramatizing the unconsciousness aspirations of man's primitive and instinctual nature. So Justin, we're about, we need to take a break, but we want to conclude this part of our Sabians. Can you, uh, we'll wrap, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I just feel, again, this kind of goes to what I was saying in the in the beginning, and, and Liz alluded to this, the intellectualization of this new moon, this emotional new moon, and it's uh, that's a really great creative Mercury. It's spontaneous activity and ideas, and I think this really, it's all about outward expansion and, and movement right now with the, the ascendant and the, the mid-heavens. That is so great. Yeah, I see these words, spontaneous, sophistication, uh, quiet recollection, and, the, and then just the pageant. So it's that whole energy and similar to the parade I was talking about. Liz, do you have an, a, yeah, a word? Yeah, it's like take mm -hmm. a, a time out, so to speak, to um, not just work, but like to, to relax so you can think of it like the carrot dangling in front of you, like think of it in all the perspectives, not just the work perspective, but, you know, out enjoying a parade or, um, you know, by the lake or, you know, it's like sit down on your porch and rock in a chair. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, bring good. it all in and, and, and really work through the whole 360 degrees of it, not just, oh, this is the opportunity. Should I go for that right now? It's like, you know, think of everything involved. Oh, good. We will return. This is Archetypal Symbols with the Cancer New Moon, which I have Justin Crockett Elsie and Elizabeth Mouchette and myself, Sue Rose Minahan. Come back, enjoy. You have a couple of moments to grab something, and we'll continue about our astrological vision board journey. Thank you. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Dr. Nels Rasmussen at HealingMinistryForAnimals.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, July 16th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your animals or human loved ones on this side or the other and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. 
So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Hello again. Here we are. Well, let's see. What do we have for the next slide? Because I know we have half an hour and we have a ton of stuff. Because it's also part of the puzzle. Like, let's finish this puzzle. So we have... Now we have the sun and the moon. Ta-da. Center stage. No more... This is the leading characters on the stage. So Cancer 23, now remember, folks, we go before, during, and after, or present and future, however you see life. Cancer 23, just before that 24, the meeting of a literary society. Boy, there goes that communication. It's objective, critical approach to the common factors in our culture and its psychological problems. It's intellectualization. Just what you were speaking of, Justin. Go ahead, Liz, on 24. A woman and two men castaways on a small island of the South Seas. The localization of complex inner um, potentialities in harmonic and concrete relationships. Interdependence. Yeah, focalization. It gets tiny. Yep. And go ahead. Did I? What did I do? Go to the next one. Okay. Okay, I'll do it again. A willful man is overshadowed by a descendant of superior power. That's 25. That's where it's rounded off to, which is holding. The response of spiritual forces to the integration of personality through positive, willful endeavors. Justin, do you want to do 26? Sure, 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 sure. So 26 is guests are reading in a library of a luxurious home keynote is the transference of social privilege to the level of intellectual enjoyment. So here we have standards of information is a key word. And why I added extra sapiens is because um, like the sun and moon is at 2456 or so close to the end, the next degree that I just added extra ones in this time because it, it just felt the right way. So <laughs> right. Kind of completed the story, right, Liz? Right. It felt like if, because I started to not do that, but then it kept bugging me. So I, I just added <laughs> it in because it I love like it. I, I love it. Yeah. I didn't. It was like something. Well, looking at it, though, it is. What it was, was that last one? It was all about abundance of information. So we have information and it also goes back to that Jupiter idea. And I will say it might be a little early here, but Mercury and Jupiter our thoughts, our communication with our the big vision, the big picture, are, are wanting to work together. They're square. So it's really another signature of this whole chart. But here we have, and I have many slides. I am not trying to pack them all into one. So this particular one shows where for the Eastern chart, which is at 232, that it's up in the ninth house at 24, just at the last degree, you know, of 24, right. I'm going to 25. Can I, can mm -hmm. I point out something as we were talking about this, I started looking at the aspects of this and, 
and 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 noticing that this um, new moon is squaring the ascendant and descendant, and then of course, our we'll get uh, there. We'll get there. Justin. Okay. Yeah, All right, that's, I'll, I'll that's getting there. Yeah, it's so hard to know. No, it's perfect. So let's just tell folks. 25, we've rounded it off, Cancer, New Moon, the time zones. It's going to be at universal time, 6.32 in the evening. London, an hour later at 7.30. That should be 7.32. I I goofed on these. I apologize. It's all 6. It's 32 because I used a different slide. But here in the on the States and Canada, it's 2.32 in the afternoon. And in Washington, in the morning, 11.32. And Hawaii, of course, 8.32. So, and the chart itself is locomotive again, exactly the same as the other, although Pluto's just moving backwards about maybe part of a degree. And the difference is, though, exactly that that you brought up, Justin. It is that grand square, yeah, with the nodes and the new moon. It's powerful, yeah. So... And here, the highlights, one highlight to remember as we begin talking about all the aspects that we'll be discussing, which you already brought up, which I'm really just to preface a little bit about, the moon is still out of bounds. It's at 26 uh, declination, which is the same as latitude. And that's like two and, two and a half, well, it's 23 and a half usually. So that's pretty significant, two and a half degrees out. But it is that grand square that is just really squaring us in the face. And to remember, though, when we look at the chart next and start this open conversation, that the lunar nodes, which are right that it's squaring, are in two hours later going to shift to, in reverse, the next signs of Aries and Taurus. Libra. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and here it is. And the, the rulers... And this is what we'll talk about next week with Kay Taylor that about this new nodes. But just to mention that Le Venus is still in active, but changing from the north node to the south. And Mars is still active, but instead of co-ruling, Scorpio is taking the lead with Aries. And for the plot to thicken, Venus, which is really engaged here is going to go retrograde in five days so she's very slow she's very deliberate so here we have that chart just well, for, for those that don't know that um sue was talking about the rulers of the nodes just in case people oh thank sure. you yeah. <laughs> okay yeah justin what were you thinking well you no i was you know i i know we're going to talk about this uh sun and moon that is squaring the nodes and and i thought was interesting that's also giving some information of the story there about that is looking at that mercury is squaring the ascendant and descendant so the planet of you know this is an emotional intellectual moon and it's it's having to restructure something in order to move forward and we see that not only with the sun and moon squaring the nodes, but also Mercury squaring the ascendant and descendant. And then when we look at Mars, which is where we're wanting to want to take action, it's opposing Saturn. There's a oh. Mars-Saturn opposition here. So there's sort of this, before we do move forward here with abundance and everything, we need to intellectualize or restructure something uh, in order for us to accomplish something here. And I, I'm just curious what you think about that, Liz. 
Well, I agree with what you're saying. And um, with the moon out of bounds and we're in the sign of cancer, which the moon rules cancer, the sign of cancer, that um, our emotions could be out of bounds a little bit. Or there could be things going oh, yeah. on a little bit that I would just say, be patient with yourself, be patient with others, you know, take a breath, count to five, you know, any little trick that, you know, that things can be a little chaotic in that respect. But, um, and it's really interesting in this chart that um, the sun and moon, there's no other planets right next to them because for the last several months, there's been another planet really, really close to them. So, um, and, you know, some astrologers wouldn't include the nodes in the grand square, so they would just use that opposition to Pluto. Um, and so on the cancer part, which we talked about a little bit earlier of, you know, the water and the flow and the emotional and the depths, and Pluto is about the depths, the underworld, the underground. So it's like, it's a good time to work on any kind of personal issue that needs to be released or worked on or let go of, you know, find some resolution with or whatever to find some, some equilibrium. It doesn't mean it totally goes away. You know, very interesting. This brings up to, in my mind to remind people when we differentiate uh, focuses of astrology, because there is the traditional that, but in evolutionary, we, which I am, regardless of all my eclectic traveling, because I'm doing vibrational and I love learning about sex, and that's S-E-C-T-S. Thank you, folks. You know, north or, I mean, above or below the horizon. The perfections, the year that you were born in. There's so much powerful, beautiful, wonderful information, or orary, et cetera, et cetera. It's a huge field of astrology. But nonetheless, I remember evolutionary, which means that Pluto, our transformational planet, dwarf planet, but still transformational, is the key because we change. We want soul growth to how we came into this world. And the nodes represents that collective story that we're experiencing. And here, when it changes on a on a collective scale, it's the whole world. It's everybody because we were born with our own during our lifetime. It happens to be a return for me. I was born during this particular cycle of South Node Libra and North Node Aries, but that's just during certain years and eight years later throughout whatever cycle it goes. But the point, which we will discuss more next week too, but meaning that we're taking what isn't working in our south node. And in this case, Pluto is really emphasizing the south node. Where is it in relationships that it ain't working? And in this case, because we want to integrate the north node. So I really appreciate, Liz, because it spurred me to educate and to declare a little bit more because astrology, sometimes it's so easy to for me to for me to speak in quick terms rather than elaborate really what was the backbone of something because this is powerful it by itself 
ties in. I wonder what the next slide is. Well, and this is a powerful new moon because you're talking about EA astrology, evolutionary astrology, and Pluto. You look to the opposite. The polarity point is the sun and the moon this time. So, um, you know, it's like the moon is darkness and the sun is the daylight. And so this yin and yang and balance. So it's like looking at whatever is deep within or deep down with any situation I think will help bring resolution to everything. It's yeah. so true. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. And, and Sue and Liz, I'm thinking also though, that when we look to a solution here, we look toward, we, we look to Mercury here because, you know, uh, as you just had on that prior slide, uh, Sue, that Mercury it is, is squaring the, the uh, Mercury at the midheaven, which is what we're trying to accomplish here, is squaring Jupiter and it's also squaring the ascendant and descendant because yeah, Jupiter is right there. So um, I think that's a little bit, it's, it goes back to our intellectualization and, and thinking and how we are, our thoughts, right? We, we create our own reality here. Our thoughts are something to pay attention to well, with know, our emotions. It's, I, it seems that this whole is a transpiring as, a, as one plateau, incremental plateau in this story of events, because you brought up, I'm so glad you brought that Mercury is squaring both the how we interact and how others are interacting in our life with the ascendant descendant. But, but the fact that Venus is soon in five days after this going retrograde and will become the next Venus star point, which when I am remembering everything about Venus star points, it's, it's that embodying the emotional stories the, the the which is cancer but also the body of it not just in the head so it's like and with pluto there it's really shoving that factor to us to engage in when we're pursuing our direction well and with the the sun and this new moon in the ninth house just briefly what the ninth house is. And this is of course for the East coast chart and you could cast it for where you're at. But um, you know, if you live in the United States, it could, you could use the East coast or where you live, either one or both, but you know, it's about a higher mind. It's about spirituality, um, education, higher education, you know uh, what is higher education? Could it just be that I need to read one book or take a, a two-day class or a three-hour class. I mean, it could be any number of things. Um, it could just be taking time out. Um, you know, it could be many things. So <laughs> it could be another country. You, you could read or watch a movie on another country. So yeah, there's and many ways to use it. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, I glad, I'm glad you brought that up about the house, Liz, because when we look at this on the west coast, it's it's in the tenth house. So we see actually this whole new moon in in this area of the chart that's about sort of this uh, almost like uh, Sue brought in the concept of full moon. There's this where we're going. That midheaven's very important. It's right there between the ninth, the tenth, and the midheavens being involved in this this new moon for the United States. And so it's it's sort of that outward expansion or outward growth for self-actualization that's, that's mm. sort of underlying everything here, you know. What a beautiful story. I, I'm 
focusing too on that aspect you brought up, Justin, well, both of yours, but about Mars, our, our motive, our drive, that's in opposition, working with Saturn, which is the core of what's essential. There's so many dynamics here, and it's very good to have this thought also, Liz, I mean, I'm tying together. I'm trying to thread this to say why I'm thinking this so that people will understand why I'm saying it. But it, it, to sit back and to uh, some of those Sabians words to reflect in the long run, you know, to hold on, you know, to let it cook, let it perk, let notice. But And then that Mercury, to me, it's like super important because you know, we could really have, and it's in Leo, it's some heartfelt conversations, but mm -hmm. I would say to be cautious because it is square that Jupiter that we could unleash something huh. maybe that's been there that's caused a sad heart. And so like to be cautious how you communicate. Oh, that's such a Cancerian kind thing to nurture and remind us. <laughs> and, and we have to live with ourselves regardless. So this is good. Well, there was another aspect that Liz, you mentioned, and I, it's a finger of God. And what it is, is I've written here, two planets are sextile at 60 degrees, which means they're flowing. It's a harmonious flow. But they are both quincunx, which is 150 degrees, to an apex planet, which is adjustment. It's a push-pull. Alan Clay keeps saying push-pull, push-pull. And I've been learning, even with vibrational, that it, it, it takes time to learn this adjustment, that when you come in, it's something you need to learn. And people don't always learn it necessarily, but it is called the finger of God. It's a complex thing. And so here, Venus, that's going to go retrograde, as stationary, just holding harness because she is switching in two hours after this from giving emphasis to Taurus, taking the lead of self and preservation of, 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 of survival and resources to suddenly figuring out relationships as the South, you know, so how, how, what are these relationships that she's worked out or not? She, I'm just using that but that energy. And so it's, it's complex. What do you think? Yes. And the sextile planets are Pluto and Neptune. And I call those the handles and they point to Venus. So, um, you know, Pluto and Pluto and Neptune are both outer planets. And so that's pretty interesting that they're pointing to a personal planet of Venus so to me, it feels like there it's a like a big energetic Pluto and Neptune working together that this energy of vision and dreams and emotion and ne Neptune is like the ocean. <laughs> yeah, dissolving, isn't it? Ocean and Pluto's the underworld and, and cancer is about our emotion. It's on a, a part of it The you know, it's and then the mm. Venus of, you know, how do we love ourselves? How do we love others? How do we? you know, show that. It's everything about those nodes coming up. Justin, what's your... Oh, no, I, I agree. I don't really have anything to say about okay. that. Well, I was looking again to realize that, meanwhile, Pluto, it both... Okay, Pluto of transformation is still opposing 
as we notice, you know, looking across, working with how to change our consciousness, ego, emotional consciousness that's now in this sensitive, nurturing cancer. But at the same time, by doing that, it must be looking at our values and our our everything about what Venus represents connected to that ego of ourself because it's in Leo. So I'm not sure with Neptune. Is Neptune in another... Well, I in, along those lines, you just mentioned values. It you know Pluto's trining Uranus in Taurus, so um, you know as you were talking about values, it's it's there's an easy flow of energy oh. there between Pluto and Uranus right now. Um, that's pretty powerful. Whenever Uranus uh, trines Pluto, it wants it right now. It wants sudden, like let's wake up. Let's. <laughs> I just read something. And if, we, where they, if, mm-hmm. and if we look at that, if I may just finish off with this yeah. thought here really quickly, that Mercury, that that in spontaneous creative mind, you know, is squaring Jupiter. Um, and then we see in, in, in Taurus and Pluto's trining Uranus in Taurus. So it's almost like if you got any new ideas for business or growth as far as uh, Taurus energy goes right now, you got to kind of, you got to really, um, really kind of rethink your your Mercury and Leo there a little bit, you know. I th- well, I'm just closing up with some of these slides here for and people. Then they- go ahead. Nep- Neptune we'll- is trying this this new moon, so Pluto and Neptune, you know, are pretty um, friendly this this time at this point not that they're not friendly but they're um energetic su- uh, supportive energy yeah yes so yeah. it feels like you know and you know with mercury i said you know take caution of how you spill your heart but you could even have the courage maybe to tell somebody that you love them that you've been so afraid to tell them that you love them so that could work in a positive way you know, with that Jupiter might give you, and it's a square, it might give you that courage to express something that, you know, is important to express. And it's in the seventh house, isn't it, of mm-hmm. others. So, yeah, we have a couple of minutes here. But I, I sometimes I never know, are we going to get through the charts? But sometimes it's just good to chat. So after all this, a vision board, you know, it's always very important in the summer. Well, they're all important. But this one is so just before the Leo that is of our actualization. But here with the nodes changing, it seems like a great time to get some intentions in store. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, you know, write your desires, um, work on that. I wanted to ask you, do either one of you have anything? Justin, do you have a class coming up or you have something special on your newsletter? I forgot. Uh, to ask yes, I do hard. really quickly. And so that Liz can get something in. Yes, I'm actually doing a presentation, a talk on the astrology of mediums, mediumship and death. And it's actually leading to a book project and research project on death charts. So how does one hear this? Uh, they, uh, on my website. Oh, okay. So one needs to, yeah. And then Liz might have something, Liz. Well, I'm doing consultations and um, working on my schedule for the fall. So, yeah. And with Top Cosmos, we have Kay Taylor next week, and the week after that, I am giving a speech on Opa, 
myself. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be here or there. So again, we're doing a lot of uh, moving around in the tides, aren't we? I have the tides right behind me, see? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a treat. I, I just really love visiting with you both and learning so much and incorporating. So it's heart to mind. Thank you, everybody, and our wonderful audience. Love you much. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Mm-hmm.